In this video, we have the pleasure of speaking with John Mallet, who is the uh, founder and chairman of Build Your Business. He has done many global organizations, has built them to hundreds of millions of dollars and also has helped thousands of people achieve financial freedom. Thank you for speaking with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, we finally connect. I'm, I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, Thank that's you. very good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I think uh, I think your story is very inspiring, and I think uh, so. I want to start with that, kind of like let people, everybody know that's listening, kind of like who is John Mallet, and kind of like where where you started, because where you are now is very impressive. So you know, there's a significant okay. gap. So tell us a little bit about your story. All right. Well, you know, who is John Mallet? John Mallet is uh, an entrepreneur today, an unlikely entrepreneur. Uh, because, you know, I don't have all the things that society says or, or suggests you should have to be successful. I don't have a college degree. I didn't have a high school diploma. And, and you know how society has a way of putting people in boxes, you know, color of skin, gender. In my case, you know, lack of education. I end up doing exactly, you know, what society expected from a 10th grade dropout. You know, I found myself working over at the General Electric plant uh, as a custodial engineer. Of course, you know, I had a title. <laughs> yeah, I was a janitor, man. I was I was yeah. scrubbing another man's toilets. I was working paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Just really struggling to keep up with the big mouth promises I made to family, friends, and, and bill collectors. I was getting nowhere very, very fast. And a lot of that stemmed from, you know, as a young person, my first uh, uh, felony arrest, I was 15 years old found myself uh, incarcerated, you know, at, at 15. And, you know, that was the, that was the beginning of a lot of, a lot of challenges in my life. So I, I was incarcerated at 15. And when I was finally released from the juvenile detention facility, uh, something we now know today as the crack epidemic had hit America pretty hard. Yeah. Um, and, and it hit my neighborhood pretty hard. And, and, you know, I, I, uh, I always wanted to be a capitalist. You know, but I got hooked on on cocaine, smoking cocaine, which we now call crack. We were free basing cocaine, and I didn't. I apparently, I didn't get the memo. Don't get high on your own supply. And <laughs> yeah, funny today wasn't funny then because it led me to at 17 years old, I had a heart attack from smoking yeah. cocaine. And, and it's funny though because you know it sounds bad, but it turned out to be the biggest blessing in my life because I ended up in another facility. I was because there's circumstances around. I was locked in this facility, but I was forced to go through a drug rehabilitation program. And it was in there that a guy by the name of Dave, who was a former motorcycle outlaw um, gang member who had turned his life around, you know, he, he really saw something in me that I, that I didn't see in myself. And he, mm -hmm. and he was the one who started to teach me that my past doesn't equal my future. And, and, and basically that, you know, everything that I blame, you know, police, teacher, parents, everybody around me that I blame for my issues, he basically held the mirror up and said, no, it's you. It's 100% you. You made an appointment to be here. Yeah. And he always would say, that's the bad news. But the good news is you can make a new appointment and come out of here a different person. So that, that's, that's really how, that's kind of the foundation of where things, you know, happen. When I left that facility, I didn't have anything. I, you know, I'd already destroyed, you know, the relationships around me. You know, I left there with, you know, the sneakers on my feet, the jeans and the sweatshirt. And that was about it. But, wow. but I, I had something new that I didn't have before. I, ha I had this uh, seed planted that business entrepreneurship was my way out of my neighborhood. It was the way out of my circumstances. I didn't, I didn't fully believe it at that time, but that seed was there. And later on, I wrote a book with the motivational speaker, Les Brown, called The Power of One. And Les used to say, 
you know, that uh, once the mind has expanded, it can never go back to its original dimensions. <laughs> that's and that's kind of what happened. I feel like I had, I had that seed planted and I could never get it out. It kept popping up again, popping up. You know, what if, what if I actually, you know, stayed on course? What if I stopped doing drugs? What if I stopped, you know, being the person I was to be the person that I should be or could be or have the potential to be? And then that put me on this lifelong personal development thing and, and in pursuit of finances to change my circumstances. Of course, entrepreneurship became the only choice because nobody wanted to hire, you know, ex dropout or, you know, ex criminal, ex drug addict, ex drop, all the X's you can think of. <laughs> and I was being X from the employment world. So yeah. I had, to, I, I had no choice. You know, I had to, I had to create something for myself. So that's really how this whole thing started. And entrepreneurship was the one place that, you know, it was up to me, you know, if, if I failed, it was on me. If I succeeded, yeah. it was on me. You know, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't blame anybody. I couldn't blame the weather or the economy or anything else. It was hundred percent me. And that, and that was the big differentiator for me. So blessing, what seemed like a curse turned yeah. out to be the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah. I think this is uh, this is very interesting because you talk about, you know, being put in a box and then, and then you, you don't fit the regular profile of an entrepreneur, but you know, when you talk about, because you didn't have the education and all of that, but education is the ultimate put people in a box uh machine i mean this is all you we, we focus your your knowledge into a very very fine point and then you are stuck there and yeah <laughs> it's crazy because i didn't think i didn't realize that until later on in life i always thought because i was told and programmed to believe that education was the only way you know formal education was going to be the only way because everyone else was telling me i'm a loser i'm all you know all the adjectives they used you know to describe me back then yeah. And then later on, I discovered, I started thinking, well, thank God I didn't get that education because I might be in a cubicle. That's right. right. Now. You know I mean, I yeah. might be saving in my 401k, hoping one day, you know, waiting for the weekends to get two days off, you know, to have freedom for two days and then one day to retire and then go breed at Walmart or something. I'm like, yeah. you know, so in a lot of ways, I think I end up having an advantage. You know, I'm not encouraging kids or anything to drop out of high school. I think you still need to be smart, yeah. but I think we're, we're putting we are putting people in boxes and then they get trapped yeah. in those boxes, whether it's a doctor, lawyer, whatever, they might be prettier boxes. You know, These are the ultimate boxes. Yeah. <laughs> stuck. They were stuck more than me because they had bigger debts yeah. and everything else. So had licensing and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, and this is the thing too, like my, my, uh, my sons too, I wanted, uh, I didn't want them to get a job. So they got the education. But when it was uh, my older son, for example, studied at uh, entrepreneurship at university. And uh, after that, I said, well, I know it's an, a little bit of an oxymoron, but the uh, but after that, I said, OK, well, should I get a job or what should I do? And stuff like that. And he's like, no, you, you shouldn't have don't get a job. Don't I didn't want him to get <laughs> polluted with uh <laughs> with the cubicle environment it. so i wanted him to i, I love I, I love the word polluted yeah. <laughs> because because you know you see it you see people there's so much frustration in people that have you know been what chase you know chasing the almighty dollar climbing the corporate ladder doing all this stuff yeah, and frustrated right. stressed out of their minds and i see it now more than ever because i get so many people hitting me up especially when COVID hit so many yeah. people in those corporate environments were shaken again like yeah ah, what do I do? You know, the job is shaky now. I'm not sure where to go. And, yeah. and, and it's, it, what's interesting where entrepreneurship always seemed like a risky thing. It's really become the opposite, you know, mm -hmm. following yeah. the traditional path is really risky today. That's having right. someone yeah. else. Yeah. Having someone else in control of your destiny and your paycheck, you know, that type of thing, your, your time, yeah. that's scary. That's risky. 
and people are exactly catching. i mean before too like you know people would work you know 20 they would work like at the same company for 25 years get their gold watch they had the defined benefit pension plan it was it was it was less risk then i mean the, yeah. the companies would take care of you now we're turning more and more into a gig economy you don't even have a full-time job anymore and then it's all like everything is contract based or going towards that and you know so yeah we, you're needed one day and then oh you know what that project uh you know we turned that off or we uh we canceled that project now you have to move on to okay goodbye we'll call you if we need you help again <laughs> yeah. like wow yeah i mean we're we, we be yeah we become a a, a, a spoke in the wheel and, yeah you know it's that's right and that's the thing you know it's funny because we used to give you know the millennial generation got such a bad rap because you know, they're lazy, all this stuff. When I, what I discovered about the millennials, I said, I think the millennials got it right because they're not willing to do the things that we did that made us so miserable. You know, the, yeah. the majority of people, they said, yeah. look at I, I, the millennials said, I'd rather stay home, smoke weed and play Xbox <laughs> than go get stuck in someone else's system and be yeah. miserable like my parents were. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. end up reading at Walmart anyhow. So yeah. it, it's interesting. Now you're seeing, you're seeing the shift in that group. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're much more entrepreneurial, you know, they're, they're finding all kinds of creative ways to get side gigs and side hustles to, yeah. you know, take care of themselves and, yeah. uh, and they're doing it on their terms. So I, I've been, I've, I've learned a lot from, from that, uh, that millennial generation It's part of the reason why I jumped back into entrepreneurship after I took a, you know, about a three year hiatus, you know, mm -hmm. I sold a company and, and think, you know, just went out and partied and, and, you know, had a good time. And, <laughs> and then I started seeing the new technology, you know, like this technology, yeah. I was, us yeah. being able to communicate for free anywhere in the world with as many people as we want. I mean, it's amazing what you can do today that wasn't available when I was coming up as an entrepreneur. So I exactly. said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to miss this next run. I mean, there's, there, there's more opportunity today than there's ever been in the history Absolutely. of our world. Yeah. And we just, we just got to figure out where we fit in and how we're going to do it and, and, and where our passion is and how do we go after that in a big way. Yeah. And same for us too. Like we, uh, you know, I have like a turnkey rental uh, business. So we, we sell single family rentals. And then uh, we do that out of state. I live in uh, LA, but you know, we do that out of state in Cleveland and Memphis. I couldn't do this business like, like 10 years ago, I couldn't have done this business because now we rely a lot on, on video phones and pictures from phone, being able to exchange that information, electronic signature, all that kind of stuff in the exchange. So, you know, it makes a, it makes a huge difference. And now we can, we can do this business, but we couldn't, we couldn't have done that business like 10 years ago. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. When you think about how fast things are moving, stuff. Absolutely. That, I mean, who would ever thought that you could use your phone, press a button, and have a car show up to come pick you up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable. Who knows where this is going? That what's even with you know technology is advancing so fast. I mean, imagine where we're going to be in ten years. And, and people got scared of technology, but technology is also for as much as it's displaced, it's also replaced. It's also yeah. for those that are are progressive and thinking and, and really using their head you can find carve out little niches that didn't exist yeah. before. That's right. And uh, I, I find it, I find it exciting, exhilarating. So, yeah. So that, so there are, so yeah, I think we, uh, there are a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of things that, that can be done. I think that the, um, but I think part of the issue or part of the, the challenge, I think for a lot of people is kind of how do you put all of that together? And I think there's, so I want to go talk about yeah. mindset on one side of it. How do you switch from, a an employee mindset working for uh for the the man uh or the woman now uh the uh <laughs> they, they make sure kind you're of like working in that environment right 
and then being told what to do. And then how do you go and say, okay, now I want to change my mindset. I want to go and, and be an entrepreneur. I want to invest and I want to do something. Um, and I know there's a lot of opportunities. So how do you change that mindset um, to, to get there? You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's individual. I think every individual has got, you know, has to make those adjustments on their own. And, and I think the first one, the first one was for me was one of my mentors by the name of Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn was all, would talk about like, um, watch out for the man or the woman that's just had enough, that's just fed up. So, so for him, the prerequisite for all of this, the prerequisite for building this better life, becoming an entrepreneur, living life on your terms was to be fed up enough. And, yeah. and so I think, I think that comes in different, you know, uh, different forms. For me, it was a drug addiction and all these things that, that I, I just had, an, I was just sick of myself, man. I was just sick of being this guy. Yeah. And I think for others, it might be, look, I'm sick of a boss with no integrity. I'm sick of not seeing my kids. You know what I mean? I'm sick of, you know, begging to take vacation or going second class. So we all have it. We just got to maybe sometimes dig and say, what am I fed up with? Yeah. And from there, you start shifting the mind. And for me, it was like, I, I caught on that. It was my mindset that was really keeping me back from everything. We, we Of course, we talked yeah. about this yeah. mindset is, is the, it's the first step to everything. It's, it's the one component. If you can get the head, you can get this right. Yeah. Then. So, so I, I do this training on, you know, basically how to change your life. And I talk about how I changed my life. Cause you know, I come from a household where my 21 year old sister, you know, died from a heroin overdose. Mm -hmm. My, my brother who is 21, you know, who's two years younger than me has been in and out of prison. And to this day struggles with a massive, you know, drug addiction. And so how is it one of the three, you know, by, by a lot of people's measures has, you know, meteoric success, uh, meet, you know, success, like on a, uh, on a crazy level yeah. and the other ones don't. And now I don't, I never th feel like I made it. I feel like it's a work in progress, but there is definitely a big separation between the three of us, of course. Mm -hmm. And and when I look back, I realized that for me, of course it was, it was some things, it was part of that drug rehabilitation, being around people that saw more than me than, than I saw myself. Yeah. It was personal development you know, the right books, because in that drug rehab, you know, Dave gave me a book called how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. yeah. And, and that thing set in motion. Cause I realized after reading that book, I'm a jerk, you know, no mm -hmm. one's going to want to be around me. I, I didn't want to be around me. Yeah. And so the seeds were planted that started to put me on the right path. Now, unfortunately it didn't happen as fast as I would like it to, yeah. but what, what I caught on what happened, my, my results, my results were coming from my actions, my activity, my behavior, my behavior was coming from my attitude. My attitude was coming from my expectations. My expectations were coming from my beliefs, everything I held on to. And the beliefs all started from here, from my thinking. Yeah. So I started teaching, you know, especially I was doing this a lot with young people that had drug problems and were trying to turn their lives around. I said, look, you're focusing on the wrong stuff. And I know your parents are saying you need an attitude adjustment and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we fill up prisons with people that were punishing behavior but mm -hmm. we're not focusing on the root of the problem, which in the end right. comes down to thinking. Yeah. And so if we can change the thinking, we can then change the beliefs, then change the expectations, which then change the attitude, which change the behavior and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it was this, this kind of domino effect that I caught on to. And then I had another mentor come in my life and really taught me the slight edge philosophy. Cause I, I really believe Eric, I thought that like, it was only a certain group of people that were going to be successful. Like, yeah. you know, you had to be born, you know, with the Rolls Royce already in the garage, like, mm. you know, there's a certain kind of dust sprinkled on some people and not on me. Well, in my neighborhood, it's a different dust. We won't talk yeah. about that. But <laughs> I thought, I thought you had to have some kind of special privilege. I didn't know that you could really come up 
from really nothing. I mean, we live in America and we hear it all the time. You can be anything you want, but we don't, but our parents always say that, but I don't even think they believe it. It's just something that we, we regurgitate. Yeah. But when I, when I got around these right mentors and one of my mentors taught the slight edge philosophy, the, the compound effect, basically awesome. that, you know, simple disciplines practice every single day over mm-hmm. a long enough period of time will lead you to success where yeah. the opposite of course is failure. And all that is just simple errors in judgment practice every single day. When I really got this concept down, mm-hmm. I started reading 15 pages of a good book every day. I started really focusing on the little things I could do every day. Yeah. Didn't look, I didn't really separate myself that much the first day, the first week, you know, even first couple of months, even the first year for me, it took a while, yeah. but all of a sudden you could start to see people started communicating with me differently. And they said, Oh, yeah. you're changing. You know, they couldn't yeah. quite put their finger on it, but it was clearly happening because Every single day I was moving the needle just a little bit. You know, it's yeah. like if you have kids, you know, we're around the kids all the time. They're growing. We don't notice it as much. But if you take the kids to grandma's house after not seeing for a year, you're like, holy cow, these kids got big. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what was happening for me is I was growing internally because of the, the books I was reading, the people I was, you know, associating with and the seminars yeah. I was attending and didn't seem like much that day, but you know, the compound effect over yeah. a period of time had massive, massive impact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the belief is a is a is a key component, definitely at the beginning, at the inception. And uh, that's why in my book, actually, that's, that's what I focus on initially, because you can't build anything unless you have the right beliefs, the right yeah. belief system in place. And a lot of it is kind of, uh, and I didn't think about that. I thought about it when I was actually writing the book and said like like why was i thinking why would did i not do this why did i was i thinking that and um and really you know it's kind of strange and then you kind of look back and and, and look at uh, where your beliefs are coming from and it's from your parents initially yeah. quite a bit and then it's unbelievable the things that you kind of like recollect about these beliefs from your parents is like like wow this is incredible like my lack of you know, like trust in people in, in general that, <laughs> that I had, like, but you can't be in business if you don't have some kind of level of trust, you have to build the trust and learn how to build trust with other people, not don't Perfect. trust anybody, you're just like, <laughs> and then oh, yeah, business, a, a uh, everybody road. that's successful is a crook, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, all that kind of stuff. And, um, oh. and you realize that, well, this is not, they're not, a because they would look at somebody that uh, an entrepreneur that he went, he had a store, let's say a store, a chain of stores, and then he would go bankrupt, but then he'd still have his house. He was still driving, he was still driving his Mercedes and all of that. Yeah. And like, well, this guy must be a crook because he lost all of that and he still has a house. And it's like, no, that's because you don't know the rules of how to structure your, uh, your organization to prevent, you know, lo- losing everything when you kind of stick your neck out from the crowd. Well, so that, all these that- things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's that is an incredible point and insight yeah. because when we see that we we are we believe that that there's got to be something mystical, mysterious, yeah, uh, bad because we didn't have we, a lot of people didn't know the rules to the game. Well, the person who started the business either knew the rules or he learned the rules along the way. Yeah, you know, and and that's just the way it is. And we get programming conditioned and to believe that all rich people are bad. You know, these big business owners are bad. Because it's like, how can they create so much wealth in such a short period of time? And I can barely pay my mortgage. I can barely yeah. cover my car note. 
So they must be doing something yeah. shady. And that's, that yeah. becomes the mindset. And, and I discovered that that really wasn't, you know, there is a formula. Unfortunately, our school system is not teaching our kids these formulas, not showing the recipes. It's funny that we complain they about entrepreneurs. Box. They want yeah, to put, put them in a box so you can work full time for somebody. Yeah. Else. So we teach them to go to work for the guy who exactly. figured out the formula, got the recipe, and we're being taught in school to go work for him only to be frustrated and, and yeah. you know, all these things. And then we just take Prozac or other drugs to, to you know, deal with our psyche because we're pissed off all the time. Yeah. So it's an interesting cycle that we go in. And, and I'm hoping, you know, now we got we're seeing more and more people leaning towards entrepreneurship. They're catching on. I think parents are even being a lot more lenient, you know, with, okay, I'm getting it because, you know, kids are not stupid. When we see you lose the house, when we see you struggling to make the payments, when you see you, you know, stressed out on Sunday night because you got to go to work on Monday morning to this place you can't stand, yeah. you know, who really wants to do that? I mean, that's a cycle that most people don't want to get caught into. So I'm seeing a shift that I'm excited about. I'm seeing people way more open to at least delving in that, or at least, mm -hmm. you know, going in this challenge still begins, still remains. We're not teaching. It. I have to get on a podcast like this to hear it, maybe to plant the seed that's, Oh, I can learn this stuff. I can get this on my own yeah. because they're, but you had a, a kid that went to the university to get entrepreneurship. I'm so thank God that that's happening now. Yeah. Because if you go back to when I was coming up, that did those programs didn't exist. That wasn't there yeah. at all. And now we're now now we've got more options. And of course, these podcasts, man. This I I, I wish this would have been available when I was in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. Because you can devour this information and you can exactly. separate yourself from the masses just exactly. with this information. Yeah, I think like, yeah, the whole democratization of information and knowledge definitely is uh, is dramatic. Um, and, and this is why there's a lot more people are more open, they get more ideas. And that, that could be why we have more independence and more entrepreneurs than we've ever had, I think. So, so I think that's, that's definitely true. I think the other thing too is the entry level to like into these investment has really lowered significantly. I mean, before, if you wanted to invest in the stock market, well, you know, it didn't make sense to invest. If you didn't have $20,000, it didn't make sense to uh, invest in the stock market. Uh, now you can invest as little as uh, $5 or a dollars on Robinhood or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, these kinds of things, same thing on the real estate side too. I mean, now you have crowdfunding for real estate, so you can invest as little as a thousand dollars on uh, and be a non-accredited investor and get a taste of, of investing in real estate and build, build something like that. I, I love that. You know, that, and that's the thing, you know, cause I've always built, you know, big affiliate programs, ambassador type programs and, and that's really was that was really what made it so attractive is that the mm. the barrier of entry was so low. I mean, you could, you could yeah. get involved in one of my companies for under a thousand dollars, but have a potential. You know, we had we had people making you know two three million dollars a year from you know a thousand dollar investment. I mean, wow, that that that's significant. And and then we were able to take it all over the world into different countries and and you know so again you're right. There's so many so many options available you're only limited by your ability to think and you're only yeah. limited by your ability to to receive and and find the information so the, yeah. again I, I there's just never been a better time to be an entrepreneur even though you know there's still a lot of uncertainty in the system but you know entrepreneurs find certainty in uncertain times and that you know then in the end that's it find a find a problem find a gaping my mentor to say find a gaping hole in the marketplace and then fill it rather than anybody else mm -hmm. and you can write your own ticket and that's and that's in the end, that's what it's about, man. Find something that, that, you know, somewhere where they need it, you know, 
something that maybe they don't even know they need a need, but maybe you were looking yeah. for something, couldn't find it. No, okay, I'll provide that. Next thing you know, you're, you know, Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Or Bezos. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing too that uh, I like too is the, uh, is the daily practice that you mentioned. Um, so kind of like spending, setting time aside every day to think on your own and you know, plan and stuff like that, but also reading other things. And so not, once you have the mindset and you say, okay, well, now I'm open, I think I can, I can do something else. And I kind of get rid of uh, some of the negative behavior, negative beliefs, and then changing, replacing them with more positive one and more constructive one. I think the daily practice is also something else that every day that you say, okay, well, I'm going to move at least a little step forward and, and you build on that. And eventually you're going to get to a better place. It could be a long journey, but, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, you, eventually you, you have a big, big chance of getting there instead of not doing anything or doing yeah. anything. Oh, I'll do it next week or something like that. Get in the yeah. habit of doing it on a daily basis. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, it's it, when I think about like these big projects that I have, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But when I start breaking them down into little things, well, okay, well today I'm going to, you know, if nothing else, I'll break it down in time. I'll say today I'm going to dedicate 15 minutes, half hour, hour, whatever it is, you know, based on my schedule and I'm going to focus in there and, or break it down based on, okay, well, I, I, like I'm building a new company right now. We're about to launch a, a new health and wellness company. Yep. And you know, four months into it, you know, but when we first looked at it, it was this big, massive project. This, this is a big, big deal with a lot yeah. of money involved and, and everything. But now we're four months into it. And all we're doing every day is we're taking little bits and pieces. Okay. Today we're focusing on getting the, uh, the compensation, you know, plan program in the system. So that means I'm dealing with programmers. So I'll break it down today. We focus on this little piece yeah. and then it's not so overwhelming. We're, you know, yeah. I, someone once said, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about so that project. Let's talk about that project because I think a lot of this is where I think one of the barriers. I mean, I've talked to so many uh, entrepreneurs want to be that have ideas. They have ideas, but they don't know how to implement these ideas. I mean, they just like it's sometimes they're not even that big, uh, big businesses, but or they don't know anything about the business they want to get in or whatever, but they have some barriers to kind of get started, get this idea implemented. Um, so how do you, how do you break that down? You have this big, big, big project and you know, it's going to cost a lot of money and stuff like that. How do you break that down and make it happen? Well, I, I think the, the first thing is, is pretty clear, you know, find, figure out what it is you want to do, figure out, you know, what it is that you would be willing to lose sleep over, you know, what it is that you, you'd be willing to sacrifice yeah. some of the daily things you're doing, because that's going to become necessary. And if you're going to build a big business, really any business for that matter. Yeah. So you're better off, you know, playing in a space where, you know, you're excited to wake up in the morning and you're, you know, for me, I get caught up in this project and I don't, I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. My, my wife has to remind me like, you know, Hey, or, or I'm ready to pass out. Yeah. You know, like I say, I don't go to sleep at night. I, I, fall asleep, you know, at wherever I'm at working on stuff. Yeah, yeah. So first you look at the big picture and then you figure, okay, where are my strengths? So here's the company I'm trying to launch. You know, I would take out a piece of paper and say, here's where I know in this company, here's what I know I can do for sure. Yeah. You know, if it's marketing, yeah. accounting, you know, just figure out where, where you got strengths. So, you know, you got that covered. Yeah. Now you got to figure out, okay, what are the other pieces that need to be done in order to get this thing at least started? Okay. Yeah. So we need revenue. Well, mm -hmm. okay. If I don't have the, you know, we need capital, we need money. So if I don't have the capital, let me, let me start figuring out, you know, is it, is it going to be a loan from somewhere? 
Can I, can I raise, raise money? Can I sell a percentage of the company? Again, it's going to depend on the idea. It's going to depend yeah. on your resources. In the very beginning, for me, nobody was going to give me money. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So that's why I focus so heavily in the early stages of being a distributor for other people's companies, mm -hmm. because that's where I learned the game. And I just paid yeah. attention to everything. I paid attention to, to I mean, I, I was watching everything with my intent and my eye on one day, I'm going to, I'm going to run this thing one day. I'm going to build something like this. And some people, I, I don't know if it's out of ego or whatever, you know, they're, and I think they keep procrastinating because you don't have all the tools yet. You don't have the mindset. You don't have the resources. You don't have the, I had none of that, mm -hmm. but over a period of time of bringing value to other people's companies, you know, in a form yeah. of, a, of, of entrepreneurship, because I was an independent, so I could still work from home. I could do what I wanted, mm -hmm. but I, I was so focused on learning this stuff that I became more valuable to the point yeah. where all of a sudden now I know I could go, if I needed to, I could go raise $10 million, you know, if, 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 okay. if I needed to. Yeah, I totally. Agree. So yeah, so this, this is definitely something that I, I also talk about in my book and kind of like when you want to get going, I mean, you have your goal, you identify kind of like the strategy on how you're going to get there. Uh, it could be different businesses and all of that. And then, but the first thing that really to focus on is your resources kind of what do you have that's available to you? And it could be your capabilities, access to information, access to the right people and all of that. And then time, time and money. I mean, this is exactly, um, you know, what I, because a lot of people, you know, I talk a lot about real estate and then they end up in a situation where they, they're chewing too much for the resources that they have available. They don't have the yeah. time to do a big pro, a big apartment building and out of state that requires them to, you know, spend like five hours a day or eight hours a day on that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so why are you investing in that? It's not going to be successful. Focus on something smaller and then kind of move on from that and, uh, and then find the right strategy that works for that and then move, move on. So I think this, this is great because one thing that I didn't think about is that, yeah, so now you're thinking, okay, I have the, I have the resources, I have the skills and capabilities. This is, I can add value to another organization, be a distributor or be something like that, and then learn from that experience. Same thing with, you know, other, other entrepreneurs, other um, enterprises or companies or organizations in real estate or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I, I have some skills that I can bring to the table. I don't have the money and all of that, but let me do a couple of projects with this company and then and kind of like ease into it and then move on and then kind of get connected and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's yeah. a, a great idea. It, it's huge. For, for me, it was always, you know, learning and earning, you know, so yeah. I was learning this information while I was earning money. And no matter what we have to do to earn money in the meantime, yeah. there's usually some type of learning experience if we, if we utilize that. And I think one of the biggest challenges people run into I, especially with smart people, people with degrees, I run into a lot yeah. that, that they have things that they could trade in the marketplace. They know they could be yeah. consultants. There's all kinds of things they could do, but they take their own skills for granted. They take the thing that they do yeah. daily for granted because maybe they don't like it so much doing it for someone else, but there's, there's value in a lot of these different things. And, yeah. I, and when we do our mentoring programs, we're teaching, you know, especially professionals with, you know, degrees and that, that they kind of take for granted that I know you want to do something more independent. You can start doing that because mm -hmm. there's someone that would pay you for the information you have outside mm -hmm. of your job, outside of your yeah. marketplace. And once you start getting a taste of that money, like I always say, look, if you can make a thousand dollars outside of your job, you could probably make 10,000. You can make 10,000, you can make a hundred thousand, you make a hundred thousand, yeah. you make a million. So yeah. once you get a little taste of it, but sometimes 
I, you know, it's like the uh, Earl Nightingale had a you know thing on acres of diamonds. You know, the guy, the guy was everywhere looking for diamonds all over the place, but right in his backyard, he had acres of diamonds that he, you know, he ended up selling the house and yeah. someone else benefited from it. Sometimes right in our backyard, we have the resources, we have the things we yeah. need, but we're so focused on, you know, what's across the street, what's over there. And, and, mm -hmm. and we miss out on the very things that could be the foundation for us to go build something incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about uh, your uh, build your empire uh, program. And uh, I mean, this is a big focus of yours right now, I think. And, um, and you're helping lots of people. So tell, tell us uh, more about that. Yeah, you know, build your empire, you know, really started as a, uh, a way for us to give back to young entrepreneurs. You know, we, we, we built a, um, a, a machine that was designed to showcase world-class entrepreneurs and at the same time help to raise up the new generation of world-class entrepreneurs. So, and, you know, we've done a lot of, a lot of events all over the world, Germany, you, you name, we've been, you know, yeah. doing events. So that was kind of our, our model to do these, you know, world-class events. The challenge is COVID, you know, messed up that, that part of it. Yeah. Uh, but the mission hasn't changed, but we're, we're gearing up for next year as, as we're, we're seeing things, we believe things will loosen up. Yeah. For us, there's nothing like that live, live. This is great. Mm -hmm. But if you and I were having the same conversation in front of a live audience, yeah. And now, oh, it's now, now you know, that's not just what you hear. It's what yeah. you feel from what they're saying. You're getting that energy that it's hard to duplicate anywhere else. Exactly. So we, we really love the live events. Plus, it gives a chance like at our events, you know, when we bring in a big name. Um, they're not allowed to hide. They're not. <laughs> they, they have to walk amongst the crowd. They have to be. We oh, make nice. we, we make yeah. our speakers accessible. They're not allowed to sell from the stage. They have to come and bring massive value. So. So that's that's a big part of what we're doing. It's uh, that's one piece with my partner Josh Denny, mm -hmm. and then I'm launching a health and wellness company by the name of Old Snap, which we're using yeah. a new a new uh, packaging technology and, a, and some some pretty you know high end you know. So it, when is that going to launch that uh, Old Snap? Yeah, when? yeah. We, so we're right now we've got this 21 day challenge. Well, you know the whole thing is transforming minds, bodies, and bank accounts. Yeah. That, you know that's yeah. our, that's our deal because one thing to have a you know, some of these supplement companies kind of lead you to believe that if you take their supplements, you're going to be great. You know, everything's yeah. going to be great, you know, but that's not necessary. There's, there's more to it. So we're building yeah. this old snap active lifestyle where uh, we're teaching people that again, that mind body kind of connection is a big part of, of overall health and well-being. And so someone could be eating, you know, broccoli and spinach every single day and still not be healthy because they're letting, you know, stress get in the way they're letting yeah. the mindset, you know, they're not walking outside. They're not in a, in a good environment of people lifting and, and equipping. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, so we're building a community, a culture, and a compensation plan around people, product, and a, and a process. So we, we, we've learned to build, use high-tech tools along with the high-touch to keep everything very simple. We have an app that you know, has a built-in sales funnel. So our ambassadors are simply pressing buttons, sending videos, and people are watching the videos, and they're signing up, and they're getting paid. So we just have this very simple uh, process. I, I, always, I always talk about McDonald's. You know, I love the McDonald's story from a scaling standpoint. Yeah. You know? We all, we all know, and, and, you know, McDonald's doesn't need a guy in a three-piece suit hard closing you on a Big Mac. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, that's right. it's a very simple, systematic process. And that's what we've built inside of our company. So, so someone legitimately could be home, put in five, 10 hours a week to their, mm -hmm. you know, side hustle and pull in some pretty significant part-time income. And I always say, look, when your part-time income with us exceeds your full-time income with them, Mm -hmm. You now live in a world of I choose to, no longer in a world of I have to. So we're always yeah. helping people get closer to freedom. And we're showing mm -hmm. people, I can, I teach people how to get done in, you know, five hours 
what most people won't get done in 50 hours, you know, how yeah. to retire in five years and the type of income that most people won't retire on after 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, it's having a system, having, you know, the right accountability, you know, and, and putting all those pieces together for someone and saying, look, I know your idea of success might be different than mine. Some people want rooms filled with cash. Other people want to save the planet. So we work based on, you know, what the, the individual ambassador is looking for. What are they, what's their vision of success? Mm-hmm. And let's put a plan around that and then have a simple system for driving this thing. And that, that's what we do over and over and over. We call it mastering the mundane, the same, oh, yeah. oh, that's the same boring thing. We just do it over and over and over. That's how McDonald's duplicates all over yeah, the yeah, yeah. No fancy footwork, you know, I'm a a big admirer of of McDonald's. I I really love the company. I mean, also a big company like that and how uh, adaptive they are, how responsive they are to the market and changes and stuff like that. I mean, you look at COVID, how they responded to COVID. uh, It's just just phenomenal how quickly they respond to all that. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Very good. And, it, and, you know, and, you, and you can find them anywhere in the world. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter where you go today. Exactly. You, can find a, you can find a Big Mac somewhere in the world. <laughs> Crazy. So, so, John, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, how can people get in touch with you if uh, they want to get your mentorship or get into that, um, some of the other programs you discussed? Yeah, it's easy. The uh, Where I invest most of my, my time is on Instagram. That's the platform that just fits well for us, uh, Mm -hmm. my wife and I. And so on Instagram, it's at John, J-O-H-N dot Malott, M-A-L-O-T-T. And and I I manage that myself. That's the the one account that I manage myself. So I I get back to everybody sooner or later. (laughs) I tell people, just be patient, but sooner or later I get to everybody. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's the best place to find me. You've been pretty responsive, so that's good. (laughs) I try, so that's good. There's nothing worse than, you know, the guy in the ivory tower, you know, that's too good because yeah, because that used to frustrate me. You know, when I was coming up, I, I couldn't get access. I never forget one time I got into an elevator with a guy I really, really respect. It was, it was by chance. Yeah. And he was in the elevator and we were both going up. We only had, a, you know, a minute or two, but he wouldn't give me the time of day, man. He would barely even look at me. And I said and I said and I wasn't I wasn't much of anything at that point. But yeah. I said to myself, if I ever hit that kind of status, I mm. will never be like this guy. So I, I lost respect for him that day because I realized, yeah. I felt like it was a big front for him. It was a big show. And then when he got around people, you know, he just made me feel small, smaller than mm-hmm. I already felt going yeah. into it. And, you know, my, my mission is, you know, ego is the enemy, you know, check, check the ego, understand that, uh, you know, we're all trying to get somewhere. If I, if I can light your candle with mine, you know, it's not taking yeah. anything away from my candle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, no, that's true. I feel the same way too. Like that's why I'm sharing a lot. That's why I'm sharing this video. I'm also launching a new uh, a new channel as well, a new YouTube channal, also to share uh, more like topical information. And uh, and this channel is going to be kind of like uh, more for interviews and all of that with successful entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I want to share a lot because I think there's a well for me. I think it it's uh, it's. People have to go, have to get there. They have to get into financial independence, financial freedom. It's inevitable. Um, I mean, you can't rely on your pension plan anymore. Uh, yeah. And you can't, uh, you know, the savings, the 401k saving. I mean, the people that are, you know, there was a study that was done and you know, people that are 55 and over, they have saved $8,000 towards their retirement on average. So that's not enough. 
it's not enough. No, no, it is not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so something needs to happen. So I, I want to kind of like give everybody a sense of urgency that, you know, they need to take action and, um, you know, not hoping for the best that something is going to happen to them to help them out. So. Well, appreciate well, you, brother. Thanks for having yep, me, man. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.